Hey guys, welcome to Slash Report. My name is Pro, and this week we have a very special episode that is being recorded in the car between Bar Harbor and Boston. And I'm in the car with... Say hello, Waldorf. Hi. And we are here to talk about Supernatural Season 9, which we finally watched very recently, and we watched the last two episodes of it together while we were in Maine, and... The conclusion of that was one million predictable. It was terrible. It was terrible. Basically, what she means by that is this troll had already been spoiled for the ending. So spoiled. And so was waiting for me because <laughs> I remained pure and untouched and unsullied. Oh yeah, sure. That's exactly. Those are exactly the words that we would use for you. And so I'm watching the finale, and literally, I'm just the ending happened. It went to credits, and I just pitched forward on the bed and started wailing. Well, the greatest part about this, right, and we'll, we'll double back and give more context about this shortly, is that Waldorf is convinced, even three quarters of the way through the episode... No, fuck you! All the way through! All the like, way through! minute 41, I she was, was like... She was so bored with the episode, and so, like, done with the season, and so done with the show, and she was like, you know what, fuck this noise, I'm gonna, like... I'm gonna fucking not care anymore. And then, of course, we had that spectacular closing scene for season nine. Like, the very last minute with Mark Shepard and Jensen Ackles. And you could just hear, like, the, the, the nervous dog whine from hyperbole and a half. Like, as, like, (laughs) your brain started to melt down with crippling desire. It was so so sure that like I would still watch it I could be like a casual watcher we're like whatever I am not gonna get sucked back into this shit you're not gonna have feelings about them anymore right like, like I'll have the fond like nostalgia feelings yes where, you know I'm over it but yes. I'm visiting this place that that's used to be that's right that's right it's like checking in on your hometown and being yes please that yeah. you have won the breakup with your hometown. Absolutely. I sadly. Was, I was going to win the breakup. Sadly. Supernatural will always win the breakup. We didn't even get to break up, guys. I know. I didn't even get the breakup. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. So, all right. Season nine. Um, obviously, guys, this is going to contain massive spoilers. So, if you have not seen it yet or you don't want to be spoiled, tune out right now. Yeah. But, um... So season nine opens with what? Even <laughs> uh, Sam recovering, or no, Sam in hospital um, because of the trials that have weakened him so significantly. Yes. So basically, we find out at the end of season eight, which is like a whole different fun time because Waldorf and I spent most of this trip <laughs> trying to remember what happened in various seasons of Supernatural. Which have all, like, blurred into one horrible, like, terrible drug trip that we couldn't get off the ride. Yeah. Um, so, at the end of Season 8, Sam Winchester was trying to close, permanently close the gates to hell via, or heaven, or hell. He was trying to cl- permanently close the gates to something via a stone tablet. And Dean finds out that if he succeeds, he dies in the process. So, they never managed to do it. Um, Sam is on the edge of death. 
Crowley is part human. <laughs> Crowley's on the edge of humanity. And all the angels fall from heaven. Thanks a lot, Metatron, you right. giant sack of shit. Right, because while that's going on, of course, Metatron is kicking all the angels out of heaven so that he can do his grand restart of everything. Yes, and he is siphoning out Castiel's grace and dumping him to Earth as a human. Right. So, in season nine, what happens is nonsensical and bad shit. <laughs> But uh, basically, one of the angels that falls to have falls to earth from heaven offers to help Dean uh, save Sam by tricking Sam or having Dean trick Sam into giving consent so that the angel can live inside of him without Sam's knowledge and slowly heal him. Castiel has to like go be a normal human, and I mean this season started off slightly promising with the exception of. Oh, man. Like, I feel so bad saying this because I think that Jared Padalecki is such a nice guy. Yeah. But, like, he is not a good enough actor to pull this off. And the whole Sam Winchester versus Gadriel thing was just a source of endless cringeworthy hysterics on my part. Well, and it didn't help either that the actor who played Gadriel, and I don't know his name, but you know him from Dollhouse, if you watched like me, that really bad All life choice. All four of you. All four of you. Yeah, so my brother and the three of you who were with me in that bad, bad trip, um, you'll remember him. But he decided to play an angel from the Misha Collins school <laughs> of angel acting. Literally the only actor who has followed this path. <laughs> but so it's a very, like, distinctive, flat, kind of contained, dry acting yes. that is, like, super not up Jared Padalecki's street at yes. all. Like, he's much better with more physical acting. Yes. Where he can more mimic gestures. Yes. Where this was so contained that it was just like... Well, it, it requires like a lot of like... Subtlety. It's like facial and tonal and things like that. And like, I feel like whenever Jared goes for subtlety, he just goes for like blank expression and flat flat uh, repetition. And yeah. it's just like, it, for some reason, it like works with Misha Collins it did not work at all for him no. and just like every time like you went from like Sam Winchester bitch face like overflowing with feelings to like I am good real it was just I was lost basically <laughs> every time he did that transition I was just like kill me with fire I'm like laughing so hard I can't hear anything yeah that is happening in this scene yeah it's not good so there was that going on um and then Castiel having to be human and trying to find his way to the Men of Letters bunker where Dean and Sam are hiding or whatever. And, I mean, I guess the big bad this season that they're trying to figure out how to defeat is initially Abaddon. Right. And then, simultaneously, uh, Metatron. Right. So you've got a two-front war where it's like Heaven and Hell versus Sam, Dean, and Castiel. Right. Which is absurd. But kind of the motive they've been working off of for what three four years now yeah basically team free will a little bit i mean we have to discuss number one the first thing that i think we should touch on is sort of how i feel abaddon was wasted this season super wasted she was such a compellingly terrifying villain for season eight when she did show up and it was such it was such a waste that we really didn't see her that much especially since we had as a compliment to her, the wonderful transformation of Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester from Dean Winchester, the hunter and broken, throbbing heart of the show, to something else entirely. Dean 
Winchester, the cold-blooded killer, so good for me. Do you want to talk about um, the Mark of Cain? Yeah, so simultaneous to all of this going on, like, they can't lock down heaven and hell now because basically Dean is not willing to sacrifice Sam. Nope. So they have to basically find another way to kill Abaddon, and Crowley, is, who is still king of hell, even though Abaddon is slowly eroding that power base, um, basically says to Dean, hey, you know what would be a really good thing? If you take on the Mark of Cain and get that first blade, which is this weapon that can kill anything. Including the Knights of Hell. Including the Knights of Hell, like, which is what Abaddon is. And so they go on this quest, and basically the show kind of has this really nice sidebar where Dean and Crowley are like bros. They're so uncomfortably hilarious together. It's, I would watch one million hours of like road trip kind of buddy movie with those two assholes. Yeah. Like, it was just amazing. Um, so, Dean, of course, being Dean, is like, yeah, this is great. Like, what do I have to do? Oh, self-sacrifice? A plus. Done. Totally for this. They don't really know, like, the whole... I don't know. They don't know, like, the whole story, essentially. Yeah, and he, he has, has no, no idea, idea what he's getting into. Yeah. Like, he knows that he has to take is it, what's the Mark of Cain, which essentially is, like, this brand that actual Cain from the Cain and Abel story has and can transfer to someone else. If they be worthy. Right, if he deems them worthy. So then you get that really great episode where Dean has to prove to Cain that he's worthy which is basically just Dean Winchester being hella stupid. <laughs> and like, oh, demons coming at me? Like, five million of them? Sure, let me just go run into this fray and try to kill all of them. I guess I will just kill everyone right. here. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it helps that, like, Dean Winchester is also kind of a homicidal maniac, as it is. So, like, Kane, obviously, very fond of him. Also played <laughs> by, what's his name? Timothy Oldmanson or Oddmanson? I think Oddmanson. He's, he's, um... Lassiter. Lassiter on Psych. Yeah. And he's so good in this role. So good. Beautiful, like, salt and pepper, curly beard. Yeah, he's very, like, Confederate soldier. Yes, this. that is the perfect word. And, yeah. like, gloriously blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, tortured soul, and, and just all of it was very, very good. Yeah. So Dean essentially takes on this mark, um, and then they have to go find the corresponding blade, because, of course, the first blade was the was the jawbone right, or the something. Ending. And so, um, it turns out, basically, that you have to have both the blade and the mark right. in order to have the first blade be powered up, or else it's just a jawbone. Right. And Dean takes this on and is has the uh, has the mark of Cain transferred onto him. Even with Cain uh, warning him of the dire consequences of this, Dean doesn't seem to really care or isn't really thinking through the potential right. ramifications of this. He takes it on. And it immediately starts to make him go a little dark side. Right. And so then they end up finding the blade, which is in this men of letters, like, this dude who basically made himself immortal via some dark magic witchcraft. Yes, Magnus. Yeah. Played by Lorne from SGA. Oh my god, that was who that was. It was Lorne. It was Lorne. Who's fantastic. Yes. Um, and basically has decided that in academic mode he just wants to keep things and yeah. like put them in cages and study them in his zoo 
catalog them. So Dean, with you know the mark of Cain, and then you put the first blade with him. That's a great addition to your you know collection. Of course, as soon as Dean gets the first blade in his hands, the the uh, brand starts burning. He goes full bore crazy, <laughs> stabs the hell out of Magnus, and basically only by Sam screaming at him does he stop can be kind of brought back to humanity yes and you can already see how this is like not going to work for very long right and like the blade basically darkens him considerably dean was always filled with self-loathing and willing to kill if he had to right like his world is very black and white about this sort of thing but that the blade makes killing his default Right. Um, and you see that more and more as the season progresses. And until it all leads up to this, like, horrible crescendo at the very end of the season where he, like, kills Abaddon. Yeah. Successfully kills Abaddon. With, like, very little fanfare. Like, no, you expect that such to be a, a battle and it's nothing. Like, he basically walks in and knifes her. Yeah. So basically, it's almost like a video game thing where as long as you have this, like, one weapon, you can kill the big bat. Yes. Which is just, like such so ridiculous right because the whole show is predicated on like complication after complication being curled at them and how is it that Abaddon the night of hell it ends up being this simple I guess like it seems like a simple kill but the ramifications of it will last forever right um and meanwhile Metatron has the other side plot that we haven't talked about a lot in this season is Castiel um and his struggles on earth Gadriel in Sam uh, doesn't want Castiel anywhere near him. So even though Dean and Sam really want Castiel to stay in the bunker, Gadriel says that if Cass stays, he will abandon Sam, and Sam will obviously die without his help to heal him up long term. So Dean can't tell Cass why he has to kick him out of the bunker, and he can't tell Sam why he has to kick Cass out of the bunker. So he kicks Cass out of the bunker, and it's really sad. And it's, I, I mean, like, the only way I can interpret this is, like, you have to keep them in separate places or else the show is too gay. <laughs> like, do you know what it's I mean? It's true. It's like, true. otherwise, what possible stupid reasoning would you have not to use Misha Collins? Like, if he's a full-time member of the staff, not to have him in, like, every episode. Right. And have him working with Sam and Dean, which everyone loves. Anyways... So I just assumed that if they had stayed in the bunker, like, the romantic violins would have started of their own volition, and then the two of them would have looked tenderly in each other's broken hearts and, like, made sweet love across the tables or whatever. Exactly. So that's why Cass was out. But as he's out, he ends up, um... It doesn't really bear discussion, but he ends up, like, leading an army of angels, essentially. Yeah. And by the end of the series, he gives all of it up because he refuses to kill Dean, who has gone darker and darker and darker with the mark of Cain, in an effort to, um, in an effort to kill Abaddon, Cass refuses to kill Dean, his angels abandon him and go to Metatron. Yeah. And at the very end of the season, uh, (laughs) this is so dumb, at the very end of the season, Metatron has Castiel and um, has told Cass that Dean is dead because he has died in this horrible fight that he's part of on Earth. And as Dean was dying, he tells Sam that he's proud of the work that they did. 
And so he apparently goes with no regrets. Yes. Sam immediately, after Dean's dead, having given Dean so much shit about how his efforts to bring Sam back from death were all selfish and totally for him, not having to do with Sam at all, his knee-jerk reaction is to go find Crowley to make a deal to get Dean back from the dead. Right. You useless sack of hair and stupidity. Can't talk about it. Hate that kid. Um, but his ritual is not going to work to right. call Crowley because Crowley's already there. And he's already in the bunker. He's already in the bunker. He's waiting by Dean's bedside where his dead body is laid out. And he gives this absolutely... Mark Shepard, kudos to you. Seriously. He gives this absolutely marvelous monologue about how he's always really liked Dean. And he yeah. always felt like this kid was so wasted. Yeah. Um, and wouldn't you like to wake up and howl at the moon together to raise a little hell? And the very last scene uh-huh. of this season is Dean opening his beautiful eyes and they're black. And it's and then it just goes blank. And it's so good. <laughs> this is particularly evil for Waldorf since like her her sweet spot is right there. It with is. like cold blooded murderer Dean Winchester. Because like this season's Dean, right, was like hearkening back to season four Dean like fresh out of hell or was it season five anyway fresh out of hell dean (laughs) where like he was still really good at torturing kind of on that super violent edge yes like that was my favorite dean until i met kane dean and now i've got demon dean oh and purgatory dean was really good but now i've got demon dean and basically my life is shit guys this is, like, the weirdest element of our friendship because, like, my favorite Dean is, like, Dean Smith Dean from It's a no. it's a Horrible oh. Life or something. Or, like, Mommy Dean Winchester who just, like, wants to make you a burger and, like, clean up the bunker and have quiet domestic times with a Z. Like, no. I have no idea how... I just... How he's so, about I have no idea how we're friends. He just seems so unhappy every time he's, like... Violent, though. I know, but I really enjoy it when he's unhappy. Man. Like, I mean, I want to read all the fics where he's, like, happy and domesticated and all that shit. But, like, I don't want to see Jensen Ackles play that. Like, I want to see Jensen Ackles play Dean in, like, enormous pain. Cry his one perfect tear. Covered in blood. Just so good for me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Purgatory episodes must have been incredible for you. So good. So fucked up. So good. So fucked up. Because then you had Cass and you had Benny. Think of all the lovely sandwiches you could have. So many sandwiches. (laughs) So many blood covered sandwiches. There's something really, really wrong with you. No, but I'm really okay. I that's debatable. (laughs) But that was one of the things we wanted to talk about is we had a really hard time finding like meta post season nine like what we think is going to play out for the next season like i don't really know i just don't i feel like dean is going to have to leave the bunker obviously like there's no way he can be allowed he's going to stay and it really depends on how much of his humanity he either retains or remembers right because if he remembers then he'll be like unwillingly a demon on this like road trip from hell with crowley and it also makes it more interesting because in case you guys missed this piece of news, Mark Shepard, who plays Crowley, is going to be um, main cast for next season. Yes. Well, and the interesting thing, too, that we kind of 
skipped over was that the reason that Dean comes back to life isn't just through the power of, like, Crowley's affection for him. No. Crowley also, in that monologue, mentions that part of the legend of the Mark and the Blade is that the Blade will not let you die. And Cain kind of touched on that, too. But basically, Cain found it so unbearable that he was a knight of hell. He tried to kill himself, and the Blade basically healed him immediately and, like, gave him immortality. Yep. Because the blade, like, will not relinquish the owner. So basically the only way they can... I mean, like, and Crowley, again, is the king of hell. Yes. But the only way, essentially, this will work is if he finds someone else to transfer the mark onto. Right. But who the fuck is going to want the mark of Cain? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, they got rid of Meg, so she's not even, like, a viable option. Which I'm pissed about, because Meg was great. Meg would be amazing with the mark of Cain. Yeah. But I mean, can you give it to a demon? Does it have to be a human? I don't know. I don't know. We don't know any of the mythology around it because it's completely fucking pulling out of your ass. Yeah. Um, and in the spirit of completely fucking pulling it out of your ass, like, maybe, maybe, uh, Dean Winchester is going to go on, like, the worst bucket list road trip of all time like with what? Mark Shepard. Yes. And that means that Sam is going to have to chase him down. Well, the interesting thing, too, is, like, Blade, the, the reason that Dean kept on with the blade wasn't just to kill Abaddon, right? It was also because it can kill anything up to and including angels. Yeah, so he was going to kill Metatron. So he was also going to kill Metatron, who is still in some dire need of killing. Yeah, oh yeah. Because the, we also didn't really touch on the Metatron thing. Basically, Metatron is like that nerdy little writer with no concept of like reality. <laughs> and so he's decided that he needs to be in charge and he needs to be God and is like writing out the episode kind of Book of Chuck style. Yes. Except of course he's not realizing that he's actually dealing with actual people and the sheer stupidity of Winchesters. Yes. And so he ends up like trying to become the next Jesus. He goes down to Earth. Um, Gadriel ends up but he ends up blowing himself up. Yes. So that Castiel, who's in angel jail with him, yep. can get out. And then they basically broadcast Metatron's whole... Because, of course, Angel Radio, which was, like, just a throwaway line, is now actually Angel Radio. Yep. And Metatron now has an actual radio <laughs> that, like, will only broadcast his thoughts to all of the angels. Yeah. They basically flip the switch on and have him expose himself to all of the angels and then he gets locked up in angel jail and Cass is kind of default now, the king of heaven, despite insisting repeatedly that he does not want it. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing that you have to keep in mind about this entire situation with Castiel as the king of heaven is that... Remember how he got sent to Earth as a human in the beginning? He never gets his grace back because Metatron uses it as part of the spell to send the to cast the angels out of heaven. So he basically is running on rapidly waning and stolen grace from an angel that he murdered. Um, and as soon as it burns out, he'll burn out. Right. So I have no fucking clue how this is going to play out because, like, you have Sam who is kind of like cuckoo for crazy pants right now. Right. His brother is dead. Again, some more. Um, 
Dean, who is now a demon, and presumably going to, like, take off with Mark Shepard, a.k.a. Crowley. And Cass, who Nisha Collins has confirmed, thinks Dean is dead in the final scenes of the season. So I have no clue how they're going to start season nine. And I think that as much as I hate the show, this is kind of their narrative genius. Yeah. Is that, like... I've watched 23 episodes of this bullshit. I hate you. I dislike all of your choices. You guys suck and smell bad. And you, you, I don't know. You guys make uncomfortable fashion decisions and everything is bad. Um, and yet I'm still going to be there with bells on. Yeah. When season 10 rolls up. 10. 10, 10 guys. It's season 10. Yeah. There are some of you listening to this who, like, have babies now who are younger than the show. Like, who are fomented and born during the period of this thing and now these are like old enough spawn to like walk and talk and have personalities 10 god so many years of our lives we're spent on this so many because we made the really great life choice that when this shit started we got right on this train so you know well the, the funny thing is whenever i talk about supernatural i end up talking about the fact that when i started to watch it i watched it on the C- I like I watched it on the WB. Yeah. I watched it before beginning the CW. Blah, blah blah. Like that show, I still miss it. Right, the season one version of the show, which right. was just a much smaller show with narrower ambitions. It was more family drama than heaven and hell, and it was great. And yeah. I, I like what it has also become in terms of its sprawl and in terms of its ambition. Right. But at the same time, it's like I cannot fucking keep track of this shit. Like, no. Waldorf and I have now spent, what would we say, like, three, four hours, like, yeah. off and on trying to remember what the fuck the point of the special children yeah. arc in yeah. season three. Like, guys, I went on the Supernatural wiki, and, like, one of them is down, and I don't yeah. even know what's going on with that one. And the other one, like, you guys need to flock to it and, and flush that shit out, because <laughs> it was not enough to jog my memory, and I am refusing to watch all of those episodes again because that's just a dark, dark path that I cannot go back down again. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I guess that they were just battling it out so that you could watch Aldous Hodge stab Jared Padalecki in the, in the spine. Which, I mean, is fair. Which is totally legit. Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't remember a lot of it. I, I think it would be fair to say we don't remember any of it. Yeah. Oh my god, you know what we didn't talk about? What? Kevin! Oh! And Mrs. Tran! I just, I can't. I okay. know! So, Kevin, who we've all become incredibly fond of. So attached to that little shit. So attached. Um, dies in this episode. Uh, Metatron, or in this season rather. Not only does he die, it's Gidriel. Right. Metatron basically is like, Gidriel, get rid of this kid. Um, so Gadriel doesn't even like stab him through the throat or something, he or like just Angel burns him out right. in Sam's body. Yeah, he just wipes him out. And so then Mrs. Tran, who we've assumed is dead, not dead, not dead, locked up in fact by Crowley, that fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and so you have to deal with the Winchesters saving her. And her demanding to know where Kevin is. And of course Kevin is dead. Kevin is dead, and because heaven is closed, nobody can go to heaven. Yeah. So he, as a ghost, is, like, telling them to go find his mother. Yep. And then Mrs. Tran takes the 
his father's ring is what is keeping him, or what he's most tied to, is what he's tying him back to the earth, I guess. Um, She takes the ring and like leaves. Yes. So she is taking her ghost son home, and it was awful. And I cried, and I was so angry. But then I decided that it could be okay because then Mrs. Tran and Ghost Kevin could open their own detective agency. And be Detective Tran and Ghost Detective Kevin, and that would be pretty baller. Yes. A plus plus. I really hope that we bring Mrs. Tran back yeah. as a guest, because, like, we killed or we got rid of a lot of guest stars. Yeah. This I mean, season. it was it was a bloodbath this season. Everyone died. Yeah. And it would be nice if we could have Kevin and Mrs. Tran back in whatever capacity that they're able to come back in. Especially since I think next season is going to be a very interesting one. They have to find a way. Like one of the one of the one of the throwaway things that you find not even a throwaway thing, but one of the elements of this episode toward the very end that you realize is that among Castiel's faction of angel soldiers, there are certain angels that are basically treating themselves as suicide bombers yes. and going to attack Metatron's faction. There's a lot of political reasons behind that. Cass is not the one who are giving these orders. Right. But among them is Tessa, who is the Reaper that we've known since the first season, basically. Right. Or rather, second season. Yeah. Um, and she says something like, no one can get into heaven. The, you just hear these agonized souls who are so confused because they're right. trapped on Earth. Just constantly screaming. And she wants quiet. Yes. So, I mean, I think the big thing in next season is going to have to be them dethroning like figuring out how to open the gates of heaven again so people who need to go to heaven can go get in yeah yeah well and the other interesting thing that we kind of have been talking about on and off this weekend has been that dean has friends dean has friends sam Sam does not really have friends and so this season lacking dean and lacking like bobby yeah is going to have to be sam kind of trying to reach out and find allies right like Crowley was there mostly for Dean at the end, by the end of it, you know, and now he has Dean, so he's not a resource. Yeah. I think Cass will be a resource as much as he can be. Yeah. But, like, Sam is going to have to essentially be branching out to find these people. Garth finally shows up as a werewolf yes. in this season. Which, so weird. Was very, very weird. Some of the choices made this season very weird. Yes. And um, I'm still really bitter about that throwaway episode that they did for the Supernatural Bloodlines. Yeah. (laughs) That was bullshit. The great thing was, is that, like, I had, obviously, like, even when I don't watch the show, I try to keep abreast of, like, the dumb stuff that they're doing in terms of whatever they're doing. And see, I refuse to do that, and so it hurts me. And midway through this episode, as she's watching it, she's like, Oh, I thought this was going to be outsider POV. What is going on? Are they setting up a spinoff? And I was like, oh, yeah, it was Bloodlines. They were trying to set up a spinoff about the mob, like the demon or mob families in Chicago. But it was so bad that everyone decided that they weren't going to make it. Guys, it was so bad. It, like, basically took all those things about Supernatural that you like and got rid of them. Cool. Like, it just was, it was just terrible. Like, there was nothing charming or compelling about it. All of the lore was completely wrong for the supernatural, like, verse. Yeah. They should have just, like, they shouldn't have tied in the Winchesters. If they wanted to go for that, they should have just gone for that by itself. And that's all I'm going to say about that episode. 
Well, I feel like the, the particularly funny thing about this is that they're still trying to do a spinoff. Because, I mean, like, if you think about it... Unless I get lesbians in Oz, I am not here for that. I would be there for lesbians in Oz. But, like, realistically speaking, Supernatural cannot go on much longer, right? Like, they'll do season 10, maybe they'll do 11 and 12, but they shouldn't. Well, and I mean, they shouldn't. But at this point, like, I feel like they're going to ride this dead horse until it's, you know... Yeah, and we'll watch... dust And we will them. watch this dead horse until it's ground to dust underneath us. Yes. But the actors are going to want to leave eventually. They're going to want to do other stuff. Like... I mean, nobody has shown any indication of that. You never know. Like, it could be... It could be coming. And they do need to figure out a way to sort of harness, like the powerful loyalty of the Supernatural fan base and sort of, like, shift them onto another program. But I don't know how they're going to do that because the the makeup of this fan base is so particular and such rabid crazy. Yeah. Like, and it's very... It's very centralized rabid crazy. Like, here's the spinoff that you could do successfully. The Castiel spinoff. Like, if after Gene and Sam are gone... For whatever reason, yeah. if they're actually dead, and Castiel is the only one left, then it's the Castiel story, where he like used to be an angel. Now he's a hunter. Here's the changed circumstances of the world, and you occasionally have like interesting flashbacks with Dean and Sam or whatever. Yeah, I guess you could. Do, I mean, I would not watch that. Yeah, so like they're like the Misha wives would watch that. Right. Right, and I mean that would harness part of fan base, I guess. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you harness it, honestly. You know, do I? Because I don't know what I would watch. Like, I'm watching the show at this point, like, partially because I've watched the show for going on ten years now. Yeah, now it's like a pride thing. Now I have to ride it. I have to ride together or die together with this yeah. fucking fandom. Yeah. I really don't know how they would save that. No. And it's such, it's so out of place with everything else on the CW. It really is. Like, even with the paranormal stuff, it's weirdly out of place. Yeah. Yeah, this show has just become its own, like, entity. Yeah. Unto itself. Yeah, it's not even like Smallville where you could, like, do the spinoff into Arrow. Yeah. Because I think the fan base is so concentrated on the central cast. Yeah. Very much so. That, like, nobody wants to, like, we would watch... Charlie and Dorothy in Oz. But how long, but like how sustainable is that, right? I mean, probably not, but I would watch the pilot and then like the three episodes that they gave me. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know how you, I mean, you could have done like a spinoff with, I don't know, Garth or. I would not have watched a Garth spinoff. No. I mean, I think the thing is. You could have done an Adam spinoff. No, you couldn't have. Look. Adam is still in hell and no one well, cares. Well, I know, but what if makes were... you think? What makes you think that we would tune in for a fucking spinoff about this kid if he has been in hell for five seasons now and we don't give a damn? <laughs> Poor kid. Nothing. We don't care. The worst part about this, guys, is that I legit forgot about Adam. Like yes. I forgot he existed entirely. You forget about him a lot until True I... like reminded me. It was like uh, Adam, and I was like, shit. So now I have, like, guilt about this kid because I keep forgetting that he is, like, in hell. You shouldn't feel guilty. No one remembers he's in hell. Well, that's sad. That's sad to me. 
I don't care that much, frankly speaking. See, this is why you're worse. Um, but if they had been smart and had been like planning for a spinoff, you could have done Adam. Yeah, but I think that when Adam came along, he was like what fifth season. I don't know. He was such a throwaway. Plot he was line the one where shit. Lucifer went to hell, and it was yes, he was fifth season. So I think that at that point we thought fifth season was going to be the final season of Supernatural. True. Like everyone I know who was like watching that show at that point was like operating under the impression that that would be the end. And clearly it turned out not to be, but we didn't know that at the time. Right. And I doubt that the showrunners really put, or maybe they knew, but they hadn't, like, by the time they were building the character, they didn't think it through to that extent because they didn't know until later that the show was getting renewed. So, I mean, like, in terms of spinoffs that I would watch, I think here's the problem. Supernatural has built an incredibly rich world. Like, a, a hugely rich world where you can, like, do an infinite number of stories within that world. But we don't care about any of the people in that world enough right. to sustain them as main characters of a plot. What about Jody? I love Jody. I don't think that she could become the main character of a story. Not, um, not, not that she couldn't be the main character of a story, but she couldn't do it on like a weekly, like week-to-week episode basis. Because Jody is a good officer, and she's going to stay in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's true. So then you would have like everything happening in Sioux Falls. Which may be okay, but then there's such a larger supernatural world out there. Yeah, you fall into the Smallville trap. Right. two season ones for the week club. Exactly. Or, if she does leave, she loses what makes us like her so much. That she is, like, a regular small-town cop who knows about this stuff now and is going to do everything she can to stop it. But she is a small-town cop. Or, uh, not a small-town. Sioux Falls is actually fairly huge. But she's, like, a regular cop, so she's not going to, like, her people behind right. to do it then you could potentially say like okay well uh, who else could you do an ep- a series about like of all the hunters that we've like interacted with like most of them are dead most of them are dead like if Ellen and Joe hadn't died maybe you could have done them but I mean Ellen would have stayed at the roadhouse Joe could have but gone but the other thing too is that like this fandom specifically is so poisonous to female characters like let's be honest the supernatural fandom has a problem with female characters. They don't like them. They don't follow them very much. I think it's gotten a little bit better only because the showrunners have figured out how to manage female characters. I think that there is... I think that Supernatural does have a problem with female characters. I feel like the problem is not quite what the rallying Tumblr social justice cry likes to think is the problem with female characters. But I don't think anybody's invested in them enough to watch a show with them. No, but that's because they're shitty characters. Like, <laughs> they're uninteresting. Like, whenever anybody is like, I fucking love Joe so much. I was like, I like the idea of Joe. No, I like the person I like the person that Joe could have been. But, I mean, the version of her that I saw on the show was, like, deeply uninteresting. Yeah. And, like, when she was dying, like, I didn't actually care until Ellen showed up and then I cried buckets. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I was like, like uh, I sobbed my way I that. did too, like, but, I had to only, pause the episode. but only because Ellen showed up. Yeah. Like, Joe could have died in, like, a roadside ditch, and I would have been like, nah, whatever, <laughs> don't give two fucks. Like, if you kill Jody, I will cry for a year. Yes. But that's because Jody is wonderful, and Jody has had time she to is. be built up. Um, Sarah Blake, I really liked. Yeah. And then they, like, randomly brought her back in to have her murdered. That wasn't cool. Like, that's one of those actual fridging situations that yeah. I was, like, completely unnecessary. Um, 
what else? I mean, and then, like, a lot of the stuff when people are like, Supernatural hates women, Supernatural kills women. I was like, Supernatural kills fucking everybody. Well, yeah, that's Everybody true. is dead. If your main argument about Supernatural misogyny is that women are killed, that is not a good argument. Because someone actually made a fucking chart of the first season, like, the first eight seasons of Supernatural, and the number of men who are dead outnumber the number of women. So, yes, I think they do have a problem, but I think the problem is that the characters are not well-written as females. Right. Right. So, but you can't do a spinoff with any of those characters. You I mean, you could have done one with Ellen, but then it would have been based on the Roadhouse, and I would have been completely fine with that. That would have been But she's dead. But she's dead. I feel like that is like the tagline for any conversation about supernatural. Blah blah but blah. But she's is dead. dead. Yeah, but they're dead. But they died. But like, they died. Benny, Buddy's dead. Oh, I wouldn't have watched a Benny spinoff either. I just don't see a spinoff version of the show that I would watch. No. Their best bet would be to get me to watch um, Lesbians and Oz. Yep. Or Castiel. But even those, I'm like, I would watch them for sort of the like, let's see how this goes. Value. No, and see, I would, like, make you watch it, and then make you tell me what happens. Yeah. At least with the Castiel one. The Lesbians and Oz one, I would be <laughs> You would there be there for. for it. But, like, Castiel, to me, is not interesting if he does not have Dean Winchester. I feel like Castiel will always be interesting, because whether or not the showrunners or the actors or anybody decides to play it this way, like, that is an epic fucking heaven or hell romance. Yeah. And if Dean and Sam are dead, and it is just Castiel... He will be carrying this gaping open wound <laughs> as the other half of his profound bond is gone. And I have no doubt that that will be deeply amusing for me to watch. Wait, wait, wait. We have to talk about my favorite scene in this whole fucking show this season. Tell me. Beyond tell me. the Dean waking up as a demon. You're so broken. Was. They're in, like, Castiel's Angel HQ. Oh, and... Dean has the Mark of Cain covered, and Cass doesn't know about the Mark of Cain, right? Yes. Cass reaches across to shake Dean's hand. Oh, wait, this is, they're in a parking lot outside the HQ. Then. Oh, okay. This is just him, Sam, and Dean. Okay. He reaches out and shakes his hand, looks at his forearm where the Mark is covered, and then gets this, like, broken, I know what you did <laughs> look on his face, and then looks at Sam so accusingly, like, I left you in his care. What the fuck? Yep. And it was this moment for me where I was like, he made him new and now he knows the mark is on him. <laughs> and like all of that bullshit season four, like with the handprint and I was yep. the one who gripped you tight and raised you for perdition. perdition. <laughs> and like it all came flooding back. And I was like, fuck Misha Collins anyway. Like fuck this show, man. Wouldn't it be great if there was, like, a Castiel, like, hunter show, and it's all about him working with the angels or whatever, and at the end of every episode, it's just him quietly sitting in the bunker with, like, a glass of whiskey that he doesn't drink, just staring at it because no. his lover is dead. No. No, even worse. Two glasses of whiskey. Right. He's sitting across from the one. He always pours one for Dean. Yes. The way that Victoria always laid out Albert's clothes. Right. But more importantly, his lover is dead. <laughs> Such monsters. Ah. Oh, this fucking show. Yeah, but I don't know where they go. Like, I, I genuinely have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah, same. I mean, 
I think that is both a good thing and a bad thing. So, like, whatever they do, it will be a surprise to me because right. I'm blank. Yeah. Um, but also, I think it's a bad thing because they've made and broken their own rules so many times that, like, I just don't understand what narrative framework they're operating in anymore. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, I don't necessarily know that it's a good thing that all of the people who watch your show are awaiting your next season under the auspices of, well, this will be batshit anyway. I guess I'll see <laughs> what happens. Right? Like, that's not necessarily a good way. I am kind of excited, though, that we're not going to follow the usual, like, he was died and now he's going to come back in, like, the first two episodes. Like, he's already back, mm-hmm. and now we have to deal with Demon Dean, which the closest we got to, right, was Sola's Sam. Sola's Sam was I'm so also really liking amazing. the alliteration here. Yeah. I just have to say, like... Demon Dean, Sola Sam. Yeah. Sola Sam was great. Sola Sam was A++. I'm awaiting to see what Demon Dean does. Good, whatever it is, I'm gonna be so there for it. Yeah, I mean, the one episode that we need to circle back and talk about from this season that was absolutely heartrending and has nothing at all to do with the overall narrative of the series, but was just like really good and fucked me up, and I was real pissed. And if you check on my Twitter, there is a definite <laughs> breaking point you can see of me watching this episode where I was just like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole thing about this season, too, has been that I've actually been ahead of crew watching these things, which hasn't been the case ever before. before. Right. So I have to, like, watch these and have meltdowns by myself, and they get to be like, I feel so strong when she has them, and then inevitably I get sent back into it. Yes. But anyway, this episode. This episode is one where basically an old, this is where the whole, like, Dean has friends, Sam has nobody (laughs) thing comes from, where an old friend of Dean's calls in his help. And you realize that during a period of Dean's life, he was sent to a boy's home because he lost the money that was her food that their dad left him. And he was trying to steal a loaf of bread and some peanut butter for Sam and gets caught by the local sheriff and gets stuck in this boy's home. Right. Because he won't talk. Yep. They stick it there and the dad... And And meanwhile, when they called... When they called Dean's father... And tell him what he's done. John Winchester's response is to let the kid rot in jail, which is the moment where I was like, "And we're done." Whatever sympathy I ever held for John Winchester in the canonical universe of Supernatural is completely revoked. I hope that, like, if he's in heaven, that he fell out with the angels and now he's like fucking being tortured on a rack in hell for all eternity. Yeah. What a horrible human being. Yeah. That episode is really upsetting because basically you have, like, you've had over the course of years snatches of how horrifically abused Dean was as a kid, and now, like, you sort of get the full spectrum of, like, hatefulness in, like, a one-hour period where he was doing really well, he was on the wrestling team, he was getting good grades, he had a girlfriend who, like, kissed him, and I felt like a pervert because (laughs) it was his first kiss, and then they're necking on the porch, and I had, like, a lot of memories and feelings and stuff. And he was going to go to the dance. He was. He was going to go to the dance with this girl. And he's getting all ready. And he has a like, tie. Adjusting his tie. And the guy who runs the home is like, your dad is outside. And I asked him to, like, wait. Right. And the guy actually asked John Winchester, can't you wait a couple hours and, like, let this kid go to this dance yep. with his girlfriend, like, his first girlfriend. Like, guys... He's 15 and this is his first girlfriend. Yeah. 
and John and it's not because he was having some problems in the ugly department either he is pretty he is so pretty and John Winchester is like no he needs to come down right now and he just like his face dissolves into one of like barely contained tears and he thanks like the boys home guy for like taking care of him and he goes because that's what you do it's for family he takes a look at that shitty back seat of the car where Sammy is goes and my heart broke into like 40 more pieces and I hated everyone and like the kid who they got to play young Dean like the kid who's been playing young Sam right has been phenomenal as so young good Sam. Colin was so good but the kid who's been playing young Dean like he was fine but he wasn't great well also he was younger right like previously when we saw younger Dean we saw like when he was really young right well and the younger one was good the teenage, the teenage one, one was, was not, not good the problem is that at that point he should have looked like Jensen Ackles and Dark Angel, and he didn't. Right. And it was just like the physical differences there were like too striking for yeah. us to really get, get into it. Whereas the previous young team was great. This kid was phenomenal. This kid clearly has watched the show, watched how Jensen Ackles plays Dean in distress, like down to the jaw tick. Yep. And like perfectly mimicked it. So that you really, like, totally, hook, line, and sinker, bought the fact that you were watching young Dean Winchester, <laughs> like, heartbreaking, look out the window at his baby brother. Because they don't show, like, even the silhouette of John in the car. Yep. Because, of course, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's not coming back to the show, but they didn't even, like, show you that that was Dean's focus. No, Dean's focus is young Sammy in the car. Obviously. And, like, that's when he's like, no, I gotta go, thanks for everything. Yeah. It was, like, unbelievable. But it was also a good episode because you realize, like, a lot of us have been saying this along the way. Sam has no idea what Dean went through. Nope. Dean's, Dean's power has been that he could shield Sam yeah. from how terrible their life was. Yeah. And, like, we saw that in a lot of flashback episodes. But, like, Sam really has no idea. And this episode really brought to light, for Sam at least, that, like... There was something that happened in Dean's life where he could have been happy. Like, this is where Dean's life basically goes off the road. Like, you know, at 15, he just resigned himself. This is this is my whole life. Yeah. I'm because, never going to have anything else. Right. And there was also this, like, profoundly awful conversation that he has with his girlfriend where she's like, so do you like the family business? Do you want to get into it? He's like, no. Yeah. I don't like it at all. Like, if I, wanted, if I could do anything, I'd be, like, I'd be a rock star. Or, like, fix cars right. or whatever. And he I goes off that was his spectrum. Like, I want to be a rock star or, or fix cars. cars. And he goes off on this pain about how lovely and wonderful cars are and working on them is. Yeah. And I was just like, I just, I just want to lie. Just, like, let me lie here and drown in a puddle of my tears. Oh, lie down on the floor. Try not to cry. Cry anyways. Oh. It was, like, very accurate in terms of descriptors for how I felt about that whole scene. So, so heartbreaking. Just awful <sighs> we're so spent we're so tired I can't believe there's another season of this I know I know I'm gonna be right there all right and I always ask this question every time I do a supernatural episode given the givens how do they actually end the series they all die yeah but that that never sticks <laughs> they die for realsies this time. That is not a convincing argument. I know. Well, and the worst part about this death, too, right, was, like, in the past when they have died, nobody's been okay with it. Yeah. Like, there hasn't been any measure of peace. Like, there's been resignation. Yeah. 
But Dean was totally okay with dying this yes. time. Like, this is it. I fought the good fight. I'm done. I'm proud of the work that we did. Right? Like, yep. totally okay. I'm not dying, like, as a sacrifice for anything. Like, I died in battle. That's mm-hmm. it. So, like, ideally that would have been the ending, right? Like, yep. that they die in, like, a mimic of season, what was that, one or two? Yeah, the giant glorious battle. Right, or even in a stupid, like, car accident. <laughs> uh, I should play some Bad Moon Rising for this car ride. Um, but, like, I don't even know now. You don't know what? You know, like, I feel like Sam can still go off and, like, live his life. Yes. You know, find his girl with the dog and, like, be happy with that. Except her husband came back. We've talked well, about this. Yeah. I mean, you can find another one. Alright, fair Girls enough. with dogs aren't, like, scarce on the ground. That's true. Um, but yeah, I really don't see Dean Winchester having a life beyond this. Neither do I. I'm very curious about this. I'm gonna have to watch just to know what happens, yeah. but, like, I feel so dead inside right now, like... <laughs> The more we talk about it, the more she slumps into the sea. Yeah, like, I'm actually, like, physically lower riding in this chair than I have been at the beginning. Like, I'm, like, pretty dead inside at this point, and I, like, don't know what to do about this, other than to just, like, accept the fact that I'm going to be dead inside. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I genuinely, like, I genuinely just have no idea how they end this season. Yeah, same. Agreed. Um, and I think that this would normally be where I'd say, like, do you have any wrecks? Same. I got nothing. Guys, we have no recommendations for you. We have no advice. All I can say is that we, we're in this, like, terrible, shitty, downward spiral together. We are. And we will see you guys for season 10. Excellent. Great. Uh, and on that note, that wraps us up for this week. Um, you can find us on a regular basis on Twitter at Slash Report or on Tumblr at Slash Report, even though we don't post anything there. You can find me at Often Imprudent and Waldorf at Waldorf on Twitter. Uh, And that's it, guys. Um, We will catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.